0: <laughs>
1: All right. Welcome to Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast, a production of Verso Studios at the Westport Library. My name is Migs Burrows.
2: And I'm Trace Burrows. And if you like the episode, please give us a, a good review on uh, iTunes. Today we have comedian and actor Aisha Alpha, who co-stars uh, on a Peacock show called Based on a True Story, which was created by... Craig Rosenberg and Jason Bateman, what what is that all about? That show?
0: Well, let me tell you, it is a very fun, wild roller coaster ride. It's a dark comedy thriller um, series on Peacock, starring Keila Cuoco and Chris Messina, and Tom Bateman as the top three. And it is about a couple who's a plumber is a serial killer and they decide to make a podcast about it. So um, it's very wild. It's very exciting. It's very fun, but it's also very funny, which is kind of not something you'd put together with all the blood and gore of serial killers and true crime. So it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I saw the first three episodes. The the, the crime is, I've never seen such an explicit murder really on, on TV. I mean, it was horrifying and this is a sort of a comedy and you're the yes. you're the pal, you're Carolyn, right? Or, uh, yes, the, Carolyn.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And uh, oh my god, it was chilling. I didn't expect that from that kind of.
0: I know they really go for it, like in yeah. all the ways. Like if you're gonna be murdered, they're gonna murder you. If you're gonna have a laugh, they're really going for it. So yeah. it's like every which way, um, they really, they really are gonna shock and thrill and excite and make you laugh. So it's a really, really. It was fun to to be in, and it's a fun show to watch for sure
2: the other shows you've been in, do they, do do they just like, you know, Oh, we, we want Aisha or do you have to still go to like auditions and that kind of thing?
0: Oh yeah. I definitely still audition. I'm, I'm at, I'm not at that level of uh, of like the Kaylee Cuocos and Christmas scenes of the world. Um, But the cool thing about this one at least was, you know, I actually auditioned for it um, when our family was staying at like an like at a family farm in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. So we barely had the internet we had, I didn't have any lighting. We had these old lamps (laughs) and my husband was like pointing at me doing these self tapes. And we were kind of, I was kind of like, Oh man, like there's just so much going on. I'm going to have to like step away from the family, but we did it and kind of forgot about it. And then a month later I got a call back and it was on zoom with Craig and with Alex Buono who directed and is one of the executive producers. And it was so funny because, you know, I kind of forgot. That I did this audition for this awesome role that I was really excited about, and then they they had me in there you know do a couple of different takes and then Chris or uh, Craig told me afterwards that he loved my stand up comedy and that's one of the big oh. reasons why I got in it. So for me that was almost like the they you know I didn't have to audition I did have to audition but you know it was like <laughs> they they got me they knew who I was they really like played on all of our strengths which was perfect for like the casting of these roles and it was just so much fun to be a part of.
1: I'm curious when you're because you're a you're a pal of Kelly in the mo- in the series you're one of her pals or her, her girl pa- girl
0: of Kaylee Cuoco yeah Ava is her character's name yeah
1: yeah and um so do you are you just thrown into it I mean you know your lines and everything and you're thrown into it and all of a sudden you have to be like you've known her for 10 years or something or do you do spend some time and get familiar with everybody does everybody kind of pal around a little bit First,
0: I think that Kaylee and Liana, who plays her sister, um, Tori, and um, Priscilla, who plays one of, like, the bigger characters in in the show as well. I think that they, because they have so many scenes together and they have so much that they have to work on chemistry-wise, they spent some time together. Um, But Annabelle, Dexter Jones, who plays um, Serena, and I were kind of like, you know, the... Like we're like the stepsisters in Cinderella, but instead of being evil, we just want everyone to be having sex. Like that's
1: the (laughs) thing.
0: (laughs) And so we just kind of we got thrown in, but luckily we all really just got along. Like day one, you know, Kaylee is so open and warm and welcoming. And she and Priscilla had been working already on a couple episodes or like working through the episodes and stuff before we started. So It kind of just felt like we all got together and we became friends really quickly and had these amazing it was like these explosive (laughs) improv scenes at times because it really felt like you were just with your girlfriends but to that level you know when you meet people you kind of you're nice you're, you're not trying to be your full self maybe all the mm-hmm. time, especially for comedians where we say things that are inappropriate all the time. <laughs> but like we quickly got to that, like beyond that point where you say the inappropriate stuff and Craig Rosenberg was like, yes, more of this. And so we just went wild with it. And it was, it was so fun because Kaylee's hilarious. Priscilla is like so, so funny. Some of the things she would say under her breath were just like some of the funniest lines I've ever, I've ever heard. And then Annabelle, who's in Succession, and is this very oh, yeah. wonderful, amazing actor to watch? Is like one of the funniest people I've met. So oh. it was just such a delight as a comedian to be thrown in with these these women who were so talented, but also so fun and funny. Yeah, you
2: have That's your podcast, right. right? The sh- the shout out show.
0: The shout out show a shout out of positivity, rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, my <laughs> my uh, good friend. Sophia Zolan and I, during the pandemic, we were just like, oh my gosh, we need something that's like a space of positivity. So once a week, we would do these Instagram lives and just bring things that we were excited about, something positive that we could tell the world about. And sometimes it was like nature, or sometimes it was like one time she was like coffee mate. I don't know. I love coffee mate right now. Like there's anything that we were excited about. Um, And then Winter Spears is another comedian, and Sophia and I all started... um, the dynasty typewriter was doing live shows on their platform and so they offered us a show we did that for a while and then we turned it into a podcast that sophia and i had where we would have a guest come on and give like a mantra and also uh just some shout outs so it's like our 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 thumbnail photo for it is just the two of us barfing rainbows because we felt like <laughs> that was the most <laughs> symbolism we could have for like explaining what the show was in a picture
1: it's funny well we started in the did we start before the COVID? I think we know we started like a month or two before COVID. And we had a studio, a formal studio to record. In. And then COVID came and we had to go. We did with Zoom and we stayed with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It lets you reach people all over the place really yeah. easily, which was kind of nice. You know, we had guests from all over the country and mm. we did some podcasting stuff with some guys in us in South Africa. So that was something we wouldn't have been able to do no, sure. had it not been for everything being on Zoom. So that was great.
2: Your stand-up show. You've been in a bunch of festivals. Um, the uh, Montreal Montreal Festival, NBC stand. Just for
0: laughs, yeah.
2: Funniest Winnipeg's funniest person. Those are so. How how long does it take you to write your stand-up show?
0: You know, it's an interesting question because I am not the kind of comedian who like sits down and writes out a joke. This is one of the things that was hard for me during the pandemic was I realized how much I really work things out on stage. And so I have a premise or a sort of a small nugget of a joke, and then I'll go and do multiple shows and speak it on stage and find the funny and then dive into that and then add lines and dive into that and keep going. And so um, I have a notebook where I keep ideas and I, you know, write down the the things I want to remember that worked. But I don't know is my answer. I don't know how long it takes me to write anything. I have one, I have a comedy special, and album out, and and that was the culminative work of all of my career so far. (laughs) So it's like, does it take a whole career, my whole like 13 years of being in comedy? I guess at that point it was 10, but does it take that long to write an hour? I don't think so, but you know, it's hard to tell when when something's perfect, I guess.
2: (laughs) So you just write down ideas, like short phrases, and then you riff? And then see, and then find the,
0: yeah.
2: the parts
0: are Do Like, like. I, I, really, I really fear that someone will find my notebook and read it out of context. Because some <laughs> of the notes to myself are just bizarre things that they're like, we should find this person and arrest them. You know, like, I don't <laughs> know if they're well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I work, personally.
1: there yeah, was well, that famous Jerry Seinfeld episode where he gets up in the middle of the night and he's laughing to himself and he scribbles something down in the morning he can't read it and he's showing it to people and everyone interprets it differently. What the trout is driving a Volkswagen or this or that, you know, (laughs) you know, uh,
0: exactly. Yeah. I have like notes on my phone too. And it's like me groggily being like, and then there's like the Eiffel tower, but it's underneath. And you're like, what am I even saying? Like, am I still (laughs) dreaming while I'm speaking in this? It's great.
1: (laughs) But other comedians I've heard like Mark Maron and people say they're working on a, you know, it takes them maybe nine months to a year to, to, create a new hour so I mean it sounds like it's a lot of yeah it's it's right
0: it is work because you 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 think I mean you want your hour to be great you know and you you come up with a lot of bad jokes to get the good ones or the jokes evolve into something new and even with my you know my special and my album that's out that was released during the pandemic sometimes when I hear jokes from it I'm like oh man, I I have new tags for that. Or I have another line. I should have gone deeper with this. Like, so it's always like a, it's like a painter. Like, when are you done? You just sort of have to put it out there at some point. Um, and now all those jokes that I had on my album are from when I was single and then dating and then pregnant. And now I'm, you know, I'm none of those things. Now I'm a mom of two. <laughs> so it's like, I have a whole new set of jokes that I'm I'm working out right now, which is which is fun.
1: What were there comedians that inspired you or style you liked or latched onto at an early age? I mean, what what trick got you hooked on this?
0: Yeah, I mean, I um I have a whole life before I got into stand-up comedy and acting where I was a professional soccer player for a while. Um I was a wedding planner, I was a life coach, and did motivational speaking. so my life was not a performer in the sense that it is now for a very long time, although I think that in all of those things, I was performing in some way or another. Mm. But for me, the things we didn 't like I had never gone to actually watch a stand up set at a at a comedy club until I was doing stand up, which is just oh. a bizarre way to get really? into it. Mm. But my entryway was Saturday Night Live. Like that was my, we watched, you know, as a family, um, when we, when I was older, but we watched it and it was like the silly sketches, the silliness of it is what I am drawn to and that I love. I'm not like a political comedian or, you know, I still have messages, but I think it's really for me delivered through one of my core values of life, which is like fun, like having fun, creating fun, making fun for other people. Like that's sort of part of who I am. Um, and then I think... Part of it was as I got older and got into it more, the first album I ever actually had given to me was Gina Yashere, who is a black female comedian. She's queer, she's Nigerian, but Mm. through it, like she lives in or lived in the UK before she came here. And she's just so funny. And it was the first time I had heard a voice like hers. Um, And it it was very inspiring to me because I'm Nigerian as well. I was born there and half Nigerian, but I grew up in Canada. And so to hear some of the things that I was like, yes, that's our people. Like I really related to it. Um, she's, she's actually one of the writers and she's in Barb, uh, Barb, Bob Hart's Abishola, that TV oh, yeah. show. Yeah. So yeah. she was one of the writers um, with Chuck Lorre and she's also in it. And she's just like, she's just so no nonsense. She does not care if someone likes her. She has a point of view. She has a perspective and she puts it out there. So it was very inspiring, I think, to, to see someone like that when I was getting into the, the comedic world. And being like, oh yeah, it's a. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> you know, it's great. That's not how I grew up. I was not told I could no. say whatever I wanted. So yeah, did your parents?
1: Permission. Oh, I was going to ask. You know, were your parents supportive, or was like, you know, don't do. You know, our parents told us. My, our parents were art. Well, my father was an. Our, our father was an artist, but he didn't encourage us or support us being artists.
0: <laughs> I mean, my my parent, my dad. Is a, has his PhD in engineering and kind of worked from nothing to get that. My mom has her PhD in microbiology and also worked from nothing to get that. My brother is a musician and a radio host and I am a comedian. So I, people are like, oh, they must be so disappointed. But you know, we were both <laughs> good in school. We just opted to do these other things. And I think the big thing for my parents was they were very strict when we were growing up. You know, I think that they were working so hard. They just wanted us to succeed. They wanted us to do well. And then I think as we got older and we sort of blossomed into actual human beings, eventually they were like, actually what we want is just for you to find a passion and then pursue that passion. Mm. It didn't matter what it was, but they, wanted, they would be disappointed if we had a, a skill or a talent or a passion and we didn't go after it. Um, but both of us have. So they're very proud of us. Like my parents used to go to my brother's rap shows you know what i mean like yeah. back in like the 90s <laughs> where they'd be like these old like mom, and dad coming with their fanny packs like we're having a good <laughs>
1: time yeah, yeah, what's
0: yeah. going on here but yeah. yeah and they come to my shows when i'm in town and um you know i've heard that my dad when i talk about him on stage has at times turned around and been like that's me she's talking about oh, me you know. Cool. which nice. it's great because it's not how we grew up at all like some of my friends are like your parents come are they okay? <laughs> like, is your dad and you say those things in front of your dad? I'm like, no, no, no. They cool now. It's fine. It's
2: good. Yeah, your album's called All the Part. If people want to check that out. It says it was yeah. produced by Bill Burr. What is that? What did he do? <laughs> he did he discover you?
0: Yeah. So it's funny. I just um, I just opened for him last night at the Roxy here in Los Angeles. But Bill, Bill, um, and Al Madrigal um, started a company called um, All Things Comedy. And it was basically a production company started by comedians who were really excited about comedy, but wanted to not take advantage of comedians and really wanted to, you know, be a comedians' comedian kind of production company. Um, and so their pro- production company, All Things Comedy, is the ones who produced it. So they produced the album, and then it was licensed by Eight Hundred Pound Gorilla, and they also were the ones who filmed everything and put whole special on the all things comedy channel on YouTube so that people mm. this sort of had a wider reach. So they were phenomenal. They were such an amazing group to work with. They really care about comedians and care about the funny and want comedians to have a voice, which is nice. So it was a joy.
2: So, so um all things comedy is it just stand up or other kinds of
0: comedy? They do yeah, stand up. Um I mean they have video and they have podcasts. They have a lot of different things. Um mm. I think people often like associate my album with Bill because he came and like hosted the evening and welcomed everybody, did a set to warm people up and then introduced me. So on my album, the first track is Bill introducing me. So people are like, oh my gosh, Bill Burr opened for you. And I was like, absolutely not. Like I don't live in a <laughs> cuckoo bananas world. I know, you know, but he's, he was a fan. So he came and lent his voice as like a vouch for me, which was yeah. which was really, really um, gracious of him. Yeah.
1: So you, so you have, I mean, your resume, you're international, uh, you've led an international life. Is that because your parents work chain or moved from country to country? I mean, Nigeria and Korea, France, Canada, now L.A. What?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, the Nigeria, Canada part is definitely from my parents. I was born in Nigeria and then we moved to Canada when I was a baby and I grew up there. Um, I spent some time in South Africa because my dad was working there and then I started doing comedy and stuff there, too. Um, But the Korea was just when I was playing soccer after I was done, I went over and played in the men's league in Korea um, and taught English, which was just a wild ride. And then I went to France to study French. So those parts were really just me. You know, I, I, I have always loved traveling. I've always had a passport that's been valid. I've always had to like get new passports because all my pages were taken with the stamps when they used to do stamps. <laughs> um, it's kind of, you know, a part of who I am. And it's something that I actually have missed in the last couple of years because of the pandemic and having young kids. So um, I always think of myself as sort of an international person of the world, you know, mm. um, who happens to be living now in Los Angeles. But I just got my citizenship actually mm. last week uh, my American citizenship, so oh, now I'm true. I'm really more connected to this country than I ever have been, <laughs> which is great.
2: I read uh, somewhere in one of your your bio or online that um, you said Canadians racist, polite racism. Uh, <laughs> okay. What is that? What is yeah?
1: What is polite racism? You know,
0: we're a little bit more passive aggressive, I'd say, because you know we're Canadians. We're nice. We're nice people. We Mutual. don't like to, we're not racist, you know, and you're like, oh, come on. Like here, I, I have a joke about it where I was like, you know, when I moved to America, I understood racism in a different way where people just come out and they say it. You know, you know how people feel. <laughs> it's not like hidden. But in Canada, I had someone once when I went to an audition say, oh, yeah, your hair looks really unprofessional. And I was like, because it's curly. And she's like, that's <laughs> not what I'm saying. I'm just, it's, it would have been nicer if you straightened it because, you know, it's a professional. And I was like, oh, racism. Got it. Okay, got it. You know, but it's like <laughs> veiled in many different layers. We don't want to just come out and say the things. So it's a little, yeah, Canada's polite, passive-aggressive racism. And America, it's in your face, which I kind of respect a little bit more. I know where you stand. I know what's up. We, you know, you're being true to you. Go for it. <laughs>
1: But your mention of hair actually segues into a silly question I was debating whether to ask. So, and you're you're obviously a free spirit, but so in the show in the based on true story, your hairstyle changes. You're at a party, it's up, it's back, it's all. You know, do you just as a person, do they give you hairdos? You just like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this to my hair, or do you do you enjoy the different looks?
0: Well, let me just give a huge shout out. Speaking of shout outs to uh my hair my hair guru from the show and she also did my hair for the premiere party ursula simpson who was just like a phenomenal hair artist Mm. um and in previous shows i have you know people usually if they don't know this kind of hair they almost don't want to touch it they're like oh looks great and i'm like no it's flat i just woke up i need something you know (laughs) but ursula is and um ursula is phenomenal and so she would be messaging me like Okay, girl, what are we doing for your hair? What are you wearing? What do we want to like? What kind of hair am I buying for you? You know? And so we had my natural hair, we had my yeah. natural hair made bigger. We had my hair up, we had my hair down, we had it slicked. I had baby hairs laid. So it was such a joy to work on this show where the hair and makeup team were like, we need you to look good. We need that representation to be there. We want you to, we want people to see you with the different looks, to see you with the straightened, we see, you know, all these different ways. Um, and so they they did the thing, you know, they really came out to make me look fabulous because Carolyn is fabulous. Yeah, she is a yeah. successful woman who is sassy, she wears animal print, she's wearing her leather, like she is fabulous. And they needed that hair to really keep up with that with that character. So um big snaps to them. Kudos to the hair oh, and makeup team. Cassie oh, who with my makeup, yeah, phenomenal.
1: Now that's nice to hear. I always wondered if you know, actors become prisoners of the hair and makeup people when they go out there, you know hating the way they look, but no, it's nice that they it has
0: happened before, but not on this show. Yeah. <laughs> it has definitely happened before though.
2: Who, who are your comedy heroes that, you know, inspire you?
0: Oh, such a good question. I mean, I think there's there's just so many. Um like like I love Maya Rudolph. You know, she's so mm. funny. And she, I mean, I see myself, like, when I, you know, see it, you can be it kind of thing, like a mixed woman who um, is funny, who she's just out there doing her thing. She does not compromise. She just says what she says and moves on. Like, I just love that about her. Um, but also, like, Mitch Hedberg, you know what I mean? Like, one-liners, okay. I think because he's so different from who and how I perform, out who there. I am and how I perform. Yeah, and, like, but it's, like, it's like watching someone do magic, you know? I'm like, I don't know how they did it, but it's like, fascinating. And it just, he's so interesting. I, I found out about him after he had passed and I was so sad because I was like, you yeah. mean I can't hear any more jokes. Like he was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and then now just from this show, I mean, Chris Messina is so unbelievably talented as a comedic <laughs> actor. And I don't think he would even consider himself a comedian or a comedic actor but he is so good at the like nuanced comedic performances and he kind of steals the show in every project he's in because he is just so natural he it's like he transforms into the in this show he transforms into sort of this like pathetic wonderful trying so hard character who stumbles into these things it's just beautiful to watch so yeah
1: yeah, his facial expressions—you know—from fear to to wonder to to diabolical. Yeah, it's and it's all in his face. You know. It's.
0: Yeah. Have I ever been heckled?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny it's like, is
1: funny. It's I funny. find
0: I find like a lot of the heckles that I get are people who are having a great time and like trying to be encouraging, but it's like really hard because it's not like a heckle where someone's like you suck or like you know show us your tits or something that's like (laughs) you can really go in on them right it's not bad I'm getting like I also feel that way and I'm like okay great but like let me just get through the joke like it's like you want to be like thank you but shush you know it's a very hard heckling situation um I feel like in Canada there's a lot of like encouraging heckling is what I experienced here not so much here I feel like People either like you or they don't, but they don't I don't get yelled at a lot, which is kind of nice. The worst heckling I ever had was a fight broke out in the crowd. Oh. Um, at this small place I was performing at in Winnipeg in Canada, where someone was like talking and somebody else in the audience was like, Hey, shut up! She's doing a great job, like stop. And then they were had like a talk, like they were fighting back and forth over you. And like the person who was like worse was the one trying to help me. And then they ended up getting into a fist fight that like spilled onto the stage. It was crazy. And I was like, well, thank you very much. I've been Aisha Alpha and kind of like scooted out the side, but it was, that would probably be the worst heckling, if you can call it that situation I was involved in on stage.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who originated it, but one of the, I think the best comebacks is the the comedian that says, you know, I don't go to 7-Eleven and heckle you, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs)
1: So I wanted to ask about <laughs> you this, I don't know if it's a comedic thing that you put out there, but that your obsession with pie, the the and Einstein. Oh, yeah. Is, is that real? Yeah.
0: I'm born on the same day as Einstein, which happens March to be 14. Pi Day, March 14th. I do not I think that like when I was in high school, like I loved math. Math was one of my favorite top like subjects in university as electives, I took math like for no good reason. Um, I think it's just like numbers and math is just it's fascinating you know it's like this constant thing that you can rely on that's just it is what it is it's black or white in a lot of you know respects. not everything but um, but I in my class one of my classrooms for my math my math class in high school we had a border around the top of the whole room and it was pie oh
1: my god and
0: so you know I (laughs) I did really well in school so I didn't have to like Pay attention all the time and i would just sort of sit there and like read and try and remember as many digits as i could and I, th- I was up to like 50 at one point but now i have 25 digits still memorized um and then then afterwards when i then it kind of became this thing that march 14th was pi day so i loved pi before it was even a thing that everyone's like we're celebrating yeah, yeah. pi day um so it just happened to be perfect that einstein who's just such an interesting character and we share a birthday and then also pi is you know pi day is my birthday so kind of all it all connects to so my mathematical background my dad's a an engineer but really like I'm on the mathematician side of it so i was at, even at home he's written you know he's written um textbooks about queuing theory where you open it up and it looks like a different language because it's just all these mathematical formulas and it's like a beautiful mind but not yeah. there's no there's no mental illness you know what i mean like his, right. exactly. um but yeah, so I'm, it's a fascinating, and also just like you know that this just the the mathem- mathematics of nature and how there's these sort of it's, it's fascinating to me. It's all very fascinating.
2: I forget. I mean, I used to know what pi was,
1: and I, I forgot. And you know, I learned it in high school. What what is pi? I'll well, you. I was an it's like the, in college briefly, so I, I oh with it not as much as you were, but um, but yeah, go ahead explain the the, the uh...
0: well. It's like the, the number that helps you like to find the ratio for a circle. Right. So it's like this magical number where if you're trying to find like the area of a circle that you need this number in order to calculate it, because you, it's like, basically you would have to like go on a bunch of different, like right angles, like, you know, infinity number to get a circle. Um, But it's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, for what I, for everything I've ever done, it's not a useful number for me. Like I'm a comedian. I don't need to know anything about (laughs) pie, you know, but it's just, I don't know. It's like a, It's not even something i think about anymore but um that much but it's just like it's it's fascinating you know
1: also it's non-repeating like it's it's and yeah it never repeats i mean you know two thirds is you know whatever 6.66666 you know i mean it's but pi just random they're still
0: calculating it right now like it's like a slower process but they are eternally calculating pi which Mm. is just bizarre right like there's somebody who's doing that or like somebody who's created a computer that just does that like it's interesting
1: so do you get on your birthday do you get birthday pies or cakes
0: <laughs> well i don't actually i don't actually like pie p-i-e oh, i actually <laughs> pie oh, okay. I
1: were- <laughs>
0: so people yeah i'm like maybe a, a pizza pie that would be the thing oh, me, be good. but yeah, yeah.
1: so where what what yeah, okay. trace do you have any before we I was gonna say, would you
2: want to plug some things? Oh, yeah, I mean, everything's going. You know, coming up, websites, podcasts. Tell us yeah. where, where we find. Yeah, I mean, specials or uh, new shows that you're.
0: Yeah, well, right now there's a strike on, so no new shows are coming Hold out on. at you the moment. The yeah. Yes. So, but um, people can always follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Aisha Alpha. Lucky me, I got my name simply my name for both, which is nice. And my website's also just my name, AishaAlpha.com. I post videos there i post when my shows are happening um, on my instagram and uh you know tune in to based on a true story it's on peacock right now all the episodes are out we're hoping for a season two Mm. Uh, my podcast the shout out show is on all the listening platforms and i have uh, some new projects coming out in the future with a friend of mine uh, that'll be another podcast and video sort of series um but yeah, I mean, basically, you know, I I do shows, I write things, and I uh perform on TV and in, in commercials too. So, so check me out, you know what I mean? Buy the products. I mean, I don't get any kickbacks, mm. but why not? Means they're working, so. Do wow. have, do
2: you do you pick, do you have ideas for, t- you know, shows, series that you pitch.
0: Yeah, we had I had a show that was um we were pitching in Canada for the last little bit with um A friend of mine, Anthony Farrell there, who um, worked on The Office, and then he's a big showrunner in Canada. And again, everything's kind of shut down, so that's on on hold. But I've written a couple different um, uh, ideas for TV, and I have a movie idea that I'm writing currently. So, you know, once things pick back up, hopefully I can get back out there and pitch some things and get some things made, because... I think that the world is ready for my voice even more. More of me, right? That's what I'm thinking. More hair. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, more hair.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you, Aisha. This is great. um, Thank
0: you guys for having me on. It's me both.
1: (laughs) All right. We'll look for you on TV and elsewhere. Thanks.
0: Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a good one. Bye.